where nobody knows your name is filmed in front of nobody. Hello there, and welcome to episode 17 of season 2. This is Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. Today we're discussing the episode Fortune and Men's Weight. It's a nice episode. Yeah, aired on the 2nd of February, 1984. Uh, this is a Heidi Palman episode written by Carla's sister, Rhea Palman's sister, I should say. I quite like this episode. It's got it's got that kind of, I think it's referenced in the episode itself, but that Twilight Zone kind of vibe. Yeah, Cliff and Norm do the theme tune. It's about fortune-telling machine, predicts the future, and scares people. <laughs> but where do we begin? We, we begin the cold open. In the cold open, Norm enters and tells the group he has a blind date, which they mock, saying, oh, it's a minefield, Norm. Yeah. That's it's, basically it. <laughs> it's a nice reminder that um, Norm has separated from his wife, Vera, and this has been something running through the series quite a bit so far. It's always referenced every now and then. And yeah, Norm's going on a blind date. He's been on a few. He went to see Gandhi a couple of weeks ago. First date, why not? When he walks into Cheers, I think it's... Someone says, you're a bit overdressed, come suck on the taps. Oh, sorry. Drink the house dry. Oh, I see. Have you not heard that as a saying? I mean, I've seen cats do it. No, but when, like, like, when, like an al- uh, alcoholic or a regular comes to a bar, they're there to, like, drain the taps dry. Like Barney in The Simpsons. Yes, I've never heard the phrase, suck on these taps. And he said, if you must know, I've got other plans. I've got a blind date. Who he's told is a bit of a looker. Imagine Norm on blind date at the telly show. What, with Scylla Black? Well, that, that's exactly where he went. Yeah. It didn't mean, like, just a regular blind date. <laughs> We've got some fortune coming up in the episode later on as well, so maybe those fortune cards read in a Scylla accent. That'd be nice. So um, we find out very early on in the episode. It's an early delivery, you know. Mm-hmm. Mail time came early in this episode. Big parcel. Big crate delivered to Cheers. <laughs> Coach, did you buy this? Oh, not me, Sam. You got your name here on the invoice. Well, it's got to be some kind of mistake. Why would I buy a crate? But yeah, Coach has ordered a non-returnable fortune-telling scale. Never heard of those two things put together. I get it. As a concept, I could see why it would work. I get it, but like, <laughs> I get the two things that's independently. It's just putting them together. I don't get the concept. <laughs> I, do, I just don't understand it. But yeah, it's a bit of a hit. They get it set up. Diane says to Sam, like, oh, can we keep it? Can we keep it? As if it's a pet dog. And he calls up the person who sold to them. He's a bit of a sly character. And we get quite a good description of him. We get a description of him. Uh, James, if you could describe this man in uh, three or four words in, a, in like a blind date kind of scenario, how would you describe them? I would describe them as mysterious. Coach does a very descriptive... Perhaps too descriptive. Perhaps very conflicting in his descriptions, <laughs> but nevertheless, it's very descriptive. But yeah, Coach has been tricked into buying this and Sam can't return it. Mm. So it's now like the new feature of Cheers. It was where, yeah, where the broken piano was mm. back in One for the Book. Put the prop there. <laughs> That's our prop corner. But it's, it's a nice little addition to the bar. It gets a queue at some points. People are lining up to use it. And it gives out some fortunes. And what, what fortunes do we get, James? Well, Norm, Norm puts a, a cord in and gets the fortune. Your most troublesome problems will be solved. Yeah, this is this is a man who's about to go on a blind date. But with that new fortune, he goes on his way to his blind date. And uh, we check in with him later in the episode. Plot twist. When he comes back, his blind date was actually with none other than Vera. It reminded me of a song. It reminded me of one of my guilty pleasure songs. It reminded me of The Parent Trap. You go with your song first. The Pina Colada song. If you like Do you like Pina Coladas? Getting caught in the rain? That one. Why? 
Well, because that whole song is about a guy who sees a Lonely Hearts ad mm. in the in the in the paper, and he, he's like, you know what? Yeah, my marriage is getting stale. I'm gonna start talking to this person, and he starts talking to them, and they agree to meet up at a bar, and oh. they meet up at the bar, and it's his own wife. Well, hey, and it turns out they both like pina colada, so so their marriage is fine. The opening line is, I was tired of my lady, we've been together too long, like a one-out recording of a favourite song. I mean, it's nice in the end. I find it quite troublesome that their marriage is solved because they both like a specific drink. Well, they also like champagne. And they, they both went to Lonely Hearts adverts. They both like champagne, and they both like making love at midnight by the dunes on the Cape. It's all about finding common ground, <laughs> That links quite nicely into Diane's fortune of deception and romance can prove costly. Don't go look into the Lonely Hearts adverts to find someone when you're already with someone. Yeah, Rupert Holmes will be there and write a song about you. And you'll get caught in the rain. Yeah. But yeah, so Norm kind of gets parent trapped with his wife. But him and Vera have a really good time. Mm. And they're back together, just like the machine said. Mm. So Carla gets quite uh, upset. She's about a superstitious. Her. She's very superstitious. Superstitious girl is Carla. And we find this out a couple of episodes mm. ago that she's quite superstitious. She believes that the fortune and weight machine almost cursed. Like it's not always gonna be bad news, but it could be bad. Whatever beware. it says. <laughs> beware, the, the scales are also cursed. Maybe that's why it's weight, because it's like, oh, would the scales be in your favour? Ah, oh, it works <laughs> on so many levels. But it's actually a reference apparently to the first line of Sonnet 29 by Billy Shakes. I thought William was Bobby. Oh no, it is Billy, isn't it? Yes. Good old Billy Shakes. Billy Shakes. When in disgrace with fortune and men's eyes. Not really sure how it's uh, related, but it is a wordplay. We'll give him that. I'll concede to that. And with this kind of um, idea of the fortune machine carrying a lot of weight in terms of people's lives, Carla starts to like... Spits at it. To try and get rid of its powers, which is quite interesting. Diane sees this as well, and Diane, who is someone who isn't really... Doesn't put too much emphasis on superstition begins to become quite mm-hmm. aware of it and starts spitting at the machine as well. Um, the machine's just covered in spit. <laughs> and yeah, so they, they get some more fortunes. I believe Cliff gets one to talk to... Bigwig. Bigwig, right? Who is the biggest bigwig of them all? Sinatra! One of the barflies, and we'll talk about who played the various barflies, but it's a wonderful quote by someone who's not spoken before. We can probably introduce him now. but He's I've, been around. We've seen him. He's the... been around, and I feel like this wasn't scripted for him. <laughs> and I feel like he just had enough one day of just being in the background and just like, Sinatra! <laughs> <laughs> Because people just look at him in the background just like, what's going on? What, if he was just bored and wanted someone to play music? And what I love about that is you see um, Ted dancing, grabbing a cup of coffee, and he does a spit take into the car. And this is Al, isn't it? Yeah, Al Rosen as Al, who has been a barfly, he just hasn't had anything to say before. That's what I mean, I feel like he wasn't told to do anything. <laughs> I feel like, Sinatra! It's a new norm to get the guy to death. It's the new norm, like it's the new normal. But it's also the new norm! <laughs> I mean, he could have gone to Boston. Uh, Sinatra died in 98, so there's still 15 years. The, uh, the thing about Al Rosen as well, he was a extra in Taxi, where he played a cabbie, which I thought was quite interesting. The other guest cast is obviously uh, Alan Fine mm-hmm. as delivery man number one. He has a versatile career, but has mainly worked as a producer and director of climate change documentaries. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Charles Champion. What a name. What? Oh... I think it is one of the best names we've seen so far when mm. going to choose Charles Champion. He's delivery man number two. He also appeared in Dynasty, Matlock, Hunter, Columbo, Murphy Brown, Who's the Boss, and Bones. So he's done quite a lot. There's one more. Tim Cunningham returns as Greg. Hey. 
following Where There's a Whirl. This is his final episode before he will be credited as Tim, which is nice. Quite so nice. he's going to come back, but for now he's Greg. But Greg's gone. Yeah, we think he's one of triplets. I don't get the motivation to change people's names so frequently. It's because they didn't know whether they'd be regular or not. I mean, they were unsure with Tim. But what's the difference? Why, why change the name? Just to give them a bit more personal feeling so they see him on the series like, Hey, Tim! And he's like, yes. Quite heavy themes going on there, isn't it? It's not only superstition, but the challenge of free will. Which, mm. as we said before, Carla's very religious. So it's not a surprise that she believes in a higher power determining what is done in your life. And this is the thing, when uh, when Cliff falls down the stairs and his fortune said, talk to Bigwig, she ties it back, ultimately saying, God is Bigwig, and saying that if, if he talked to God, he wouldn't have fell down the stairs. It's not, not a hench rabbit voiced by John Boyega. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but she ties it back to God, which shows how uh, religion is kind of the focus of her superstitions. Yeah, it's quite interesting how she starts tying everything to these fortune cards, which does get Diane anxious about as well, I think. Because some of them, genuine, but the Bigwig one is a, a stretch, I can connections to it. Yeah. And then Sam goes, well, if you can say that, we can connect anything yeah. to these, if you stretch anything far enough. Because Sam's very much anything that I've done in my life I've done by myself, whereas someone challenges going, didn't you have that lovely bottle cap we discovered in the episode, mm. Endless Slumper? He did. It acted as a reminder more mm. than a lucky charm, you know? I was going to say, it did remind me a little bit of that, because in that episode, a lot of things went bad for Sam, where caught in the rain, he mm-hmm. picked up a coffee pot with his bare TV hands. exploded. TV exploded. It reminded me of that, where I didn't rem- didn't fully know if it happened or not, but I felt it did, uh, of him falling down the stairs and then Cliff falling down the stairs. So it's quite similar in that end. And it was nice that it was a callback to the bottle cap. Again, what Sam felt in both episodes in Endless Slumper was revealed eventually, that mm. it was through action or inaction by him, and he was aware of this. Mm. You know, he's very much, nobody's going to tell me how to leave my life except me. We mentioned Diane's fortune card that she got, which was about deception in a relationship. And that's kind of bubbling under the whole of the story as she becomes more and more anxious. And we realise towards the end of the episode, Diane is feeling quite nervous because she has been somewhat unfaithful. Um, She hasn't really done anything, but she's feeling quite regretful Mm. about going out with someone. Theatre, wasn't it? Mm, With someone from her um, classes or something. Yeah. And she uh, says this to Sam, she admits it to Sam, because she's very conscious that her fortune says deception in a relationship can lead to the end of a relationship. Deception in romance proves costly. And she's quite worried about this. This leads us kind of to the end of the episode. There's this big whole argument that they're having and end it off and go, no, you you ended it first. No, you ended it first. And then uh, the machine dings or something. Yeah. One of them say um, that they can't break up because a pile of metal springs said that they were going to. And this is one of them sort of trying to take the power back off the machine <laughs> because the, <laughs> the machine's dictated the episode so much so far. But there's other things where Sam says, did you kiss him? And she says, barely. it was barely on the lips. Which means it was on the lips. What I did think was um, interesting about this episode, or this end even, was something very similar happened a few episodes back in Old Flames, where Sam rushes to sort of tell Diane that he kissed someone but didn't go through with anything Mm. because he was very proud of that because it was something that he's never done before, which was walk away from someone. And Diane almost says the exact same thing, but is much more regretful of it. And just their perspectives on essentially the same situation has ended with quite different results. And you said before they go on a back and forth who's broke up with who first at the end of the episode they've broken up with each other which is sort of the main thing and we've went through season two so far and there's been a lot of highs in their relationships 
Mm. Especially in the first few episodes. And now this is what appears to be a really low point in the relationship so far. Machine gives them a ticket. And it's the last thing of the episode. And uh, what does the machine, the ticket on the machine say at the end? The machine says, machine empty, order more fortunes today. Which is kind of like a magic eight ball saying, please check again later. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of the final end of the, the episode. Sam wants a new fortune because he doesn't like where that argument's going and it basically says got no answers for you so it's, it's a nice way to end it i mean i'm looking forward to watching the next episode where would it go from here who knows i didn't order a crate it's come with some letters uh well, we've got to open it first and uh, cliff taught us away punch it in the top corner comes straight off whacks you in the face so like his head can take a brick crate's got nothing on him so who should start Do you want to kick off with the question james yeah I think you alluded to this earlier. How did Coach describe the man who sold him the machine? I have the exact same question for you. Thin bearded man who looks like a president, Abraham Lincoln, mixed with short a, German man. A short German man who is Adolf Hitler. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone wants to see a cross between Lincoln and Hitler. Lincoln and Hitler, yeah. As Coach is describing these people, as a tall man with a beard who's president, Sam's answering him. He's like, "Oh, I wouldn't want to be trivial against you, Sam," which I thought was quite fun. I think you'll get this one as well. Uh, when Norm's fortune says that his most troublesome problem will be solved, how does he respond? He says that I've never been happier. That's tough to say, Coach. Let's see, I'm uh, overweight, unemployed, separated, depressed, starting to drink too much. Guess uh, my biggest problem is I've never been happier. Which, you know, is quite, quite sad. <laughs> he goes on the date. What do they dine on? A table. A rephrase. <laughs> <laughs> What do they eat and drink? Oh, I don't know. Sounds expensive. Was it at Melville's? It could well be at Melville's, but... It might be seafood. I'm guessing not, because we uh, had a conversation in a previous episode of um, that Melville's cost, what, 20 to 30 dollar pounds? This looks like it would cost maybe 50 to 60 dollar pounds. Oh, was it lobster? It's not far. Crab? Longestines. Should I just tell you? Yeah, probably. It's Clans Casino. And a bottle of Chateaubriand. A classy norm. I think we've touched on this one already. But when asked, who's the biggest bigwig of them all? What what suggestions do we get thrown out there? I have the exact same one here. Yeah. Reagan. Yep. And Herbie, Dave and Mahmood, who are Texaco employees. Yeah, well, you can't get much bigger than Herbie, Dave and Mahmood, eh? <laughs> the big oil companies who Coach believes are the people who own yeah. the local. It's interesting because um, the oil companies back then, they did run a lot. They were... Billionaires. Bagmood does the windows. Oh, that's nice. Just shows, you know, there are a lot of big wigs out there. That's the last call at the bar, James. Let's get our last round of drinks in. Maybe uh, Chateaubriand. That'd be quite nice. Clams Casino. We'll get a table opposite Norman Vera. See what they're up to. I think as, as we're having our drinks, let's get our fortune and wait. Which do you hope is the better news? I think I think I know our fortune. It's going to be more episodes of this, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Nine more series? <laughs> yeah. I know where my fortune's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but we're loving every second of it. And it's been a good road so far. We're enjoying series two. We're coming to the end of series two. Yeah, this was episode 17. I'm enjoying it. Not many much left now. We started this series looking at Dan and Sam's relationship with a real positive spin. Taking a bit of a hit. Much like what you would do to a crate to open it. Yeah, hit Cliff on the head. But no, uh, at the end of this episode, they broke up. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of this series. We've seen relationships develop with Carla, with a kiss. Whether that will come out or not. With Sam. With Sam, yeah. 
hot goss. It's been really interesting. So I'd say actually the, the fortune is very unclear for how this series will end. Maybe they're going to fold the two stories together because Dan might be like, have you ever kissed anyone since? Or Flames and will be like, no. And Carla will be like, well, Sam, that's not true. It'll be like, uh, you know, you know, in The Simpsons when Homer's writing his thing, he's like, and a dog has shifty eyes. <laughs> That's, that's what will happen. So what are we going to say, James? We'll raise our glasses. Raise the bottle of Chateaubriand. And we'll say, Sinatra. <laughs> Sinatra. Thank you for listening. This has been Where Nobody Knows Your Name. <laughs> <laughs>